Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today is episode 58, and it is going to be about the impact of sexual shame. Now, I do have to give a trigger warning. This is a very sensitive topic, but my guest today is Sarah Grace, and she is a childhood sexual abuse survivor. And her story is incredible, and she is just such a beautiful soul, and she helps women particularly work through the trauma of sexual abuse in their past and getting rid of shame and guilt. And so we're very aligned on that front in terms of everything comes back to shame and how we process shame and how we are programmed to have shame about things in our life and what we're taught about sexuality and um, authority and what we're taught as women often to be the good girl. And so, so many abuse survivors, trauma survivors tend to be people pleasers as a coping mechanism. And so we talk a lot about that. We talk about the impact of shame in our lives how it shows up in so many ways. And the trauma doesn't have to be sexual trauma. It can be any kind of trauma. It can be little traumas in childhood that have an effect on us. And so she really talks about how so much of it is related. She just is such a great person. And I do have to put this trigger warning, but I'm telling you it is, um, I feel presented in such a beautiful way and, in a way where we can really walk away learning so much from her growth and her healing. And hopefully you'll be educated to understand yourself better if you've had these kinds of things or if you know someone who's gone through this kind of trauma. Uh, as, as a child, she suffered, you know, at the hands of her stepfather. And she she does talk about it and how it's impacted her life. So just want to be honest about that, but hang on for this ride because wow, what a conversation. I am so grateful that she came on and shared with us. Um, just a beautiful soul. I love her to death. Her energy is amazing. And I think you'll find her energy infectious. She's just wonderful. So here is Sarah Grace. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. 
Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself, You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. I am so excited to have my guest, Sarah Grace, here today. Sarah is from the UK. Originally, she lives in Spain right now, and she is a firecracker. I love her to death. And we have very connecting work, I want to say. Our paths crossed in um, the sexual well-being, sexual health world, uh, hypnotherapy, all that kind of stuff. So I am going to welcome Sarah. Welcome. <laughs> Lovely to be here, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to uh, talk on your podcast. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. We always have great conversations. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I certainly can. So I am Sarah Grace, a trauma-informed hypnotherapist uh, amongst other things this is my elevator pitch to you all (laughs) so this is the potted version we can elaborate so yeah trauma-informed hypnotherapist and a thriving survivor of childhood sexual abuse what I do is I help uh, survivors of childhood abuse who are worn out from constantly prioritizing others to create healthy boundaries that enable them to say no so that they can say yes to themselves without feeling guilty. That is basically what I do. I love that because, and this is where our worlds collide. And I think sometimes people think that, you know, when you have a certain niche, like mine is sex positive relationships, yours is sexual trauma and healing from sexual trauma in a lot of ways, right? And and you think those two things are not the same. But our core message has always been the same. Mm. What we deal with at its core is the same. And 
my course now is called Breaking Free from Conformity. And what is it that we talk about so much in my course? People pleasing, learning to love yourself, learning to figure out who you are, what it is that you desire and and think about and and want, what are your emotions telling you, what's your body telling you, and learning to listen to that without shame and guilt, right? (laughs) It's like the same message. Absolutely. And at the core, like anytime we have trauma, anytime we have anything going on, so much of it is this programming that we have that needs to be shifted, right? The programming that we were told, especially as women, you need to be a good girl to be acceptable. You need to be pure. You need to be you know, a submissive wife, if you're going to be a good wife, if marriage is going to work, you have to be in it forever or it doesn't count. All these messages that we have in regards to relationships also mm-hmm. are in regards to relationships with ourselves. So when I talk mm-hmm. about relationships, mm-hmm. it's not just a relationship with other people. You've got to heal that relationship with yourself first, and then you're golden. <laughs> to, to be with other people, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you said, if you say to somebody, heal your relationship with yourself, you might as well be peeing in the wind. Nobody knows what on earth you're talking about. Right. But that relationship with yourself, it, it like I find if I ask any of the women that I work with, I'm, I predominantly work with women, if I say to them, so what is it you want? They don't know. Mm-mm. They will, they're flawed. And I was for years. I was flawed by that question. It's like I've spent so much of my life pleasing other people and being a good girl, being what other people want me to be. I have no freaking idea what it is that I want. Mm-hmm. So that beginning, and, and you know, when a lot of courses start with design your, uh, where do you want to be? Well, if you've no idea, how can you start? I don't believe you start something with where you want to be. I believe you start with where you are and you look at what isn't serving you where you are so that then you can begin to discover and and like the, the beautiful uncovering of what you want can take place. I love that. And and I think maybe that's I wonder if that's a question that trauma survivors or people with ADHD it's is more where we need to focus on because I know that every time someone asks me, especially in business, right? Like I'm an entrepreneur by spirit. I really am. I always have worked for myself. But the question that is the biggest hang up for me, the hugest hang up is where do you want to be? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just, I stop right there. I don't know. You I don't, were never I, given permission to, to ask that question. No. And so that's the thing, isn't it? Now you, yeah. because it wasn't safe, it wasn't safe. Well, and here's where exactly. And like, I remember one time, so I'm a musician and I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell you, um, my, so I'm a musician and I would, I grew up with music and, and just conducting and just, you know, I was like a student conductor at one point for band and I was the accompanist for choirs and this and that. And um, student conductor, like all, all the things. Um, and I remember my dad one day, he said, someday you're going to be a famous conductor up on a stage directing a, uh, orchestra or whatever. And my mom was like, Risha, 
don't put those thoughts in her mind. Like, don't do that to her, you know? And basically it was like, the thing that I was to aspire to is to be a stay-at-home mom. Like that was my role mm. without saying that, you know, but that's, that was her place. That's where she felt worthy and valuable. And that was so important to her. And that was glorifying God. And that was bringing, you know, like, that's what we were supposed to do. And we're supposed to embrace that with joy and love. And so I also wanted to be a surgeon. You know, like I would have loved to be a surgeon because I love medicine and I love, well, we were talking earlier about your, you also do like earwax removal and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool. And yeah, yeah. um, the medical field is always something, I'm not squeamish about that. I just, I find it fascinating. I love to learn. I love medical stuff and diagrams and learning mm -hmm. about the body and how it works. I mean, that's just how my brain works. But I was like, no, that would be ridiculous to go to school to be a surgeon because I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, why spend all that money and time educating myself for that when I know I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom? So, like, I was trained to think small. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I suffer every day from that. I'm getting a little emotional here because I was talking with you before about a lot of the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur and and having to work through that mindset as women we often are told to stay small for our own good right like it's like then we're not going to be disappointed if we can't reach the things we want and just you know have to fulfill our role as a woman and not everybody was brought up that way but and i wasn't taught that to minimize myself I was taught that because it was the most honorable thing to do is to be a mother, which I 100% think it's the most honorable thing. I absolutely love my three children, 17, 20, and 21, almost 22. And I am so glad that I chose to be there for them and to do that. However, in that, there was a lot of things. I don't think I chose that as much as I didn't think that I could do anything else. Mm, choice. That's the thing. You oh, didn't yeah. have the choice. I didn't have the choice because growing up in my household, because I was sexually abused from when I was four till I was 18. Mm. And it happened on a daily basis, multiple times a day oh. by my stepfather. And safety. It, staying alive was the thing now looking back on it staying alive staying safe was the thing that was at the forefront of my uh nervous system you know that I was geared completely towards survival mm -hmm. so I didn't have the choice about what I did I had to be a good girl to survive you know stay, right. stay small stay you know, don't be noticed right. um you know just don't don't let him notice you. Uh, don't let mum notice you because you'll be in trouble either way or, you know, that'll happen. So, yeah, that it's the lack of choice, the lack of choice and the having to be a good girl. I've been a good girl all of my life until it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I was too, like, I've always been a very sexual person, right? But I wasn't allowed to be. So I had to. It, it was wrapped in shame and guilt mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and then I thought something was wrong with me because I didn't think other Christian girls had desires like I did. <laughs> and like, I was like, I have to get married. I have to get married. Like, as soon as I can, so I can have sex because I'm going to have sex outside of marriage and I'm going to be unpure and, and nobody's going to want to marry me and I'm going to ruin myself for life. And what good am I going to be to a husband if that happens? You know, like it's just like these messages were so ingrained and it was, here's, let's go back to this, like your sexuality and my sexuality, even though very different right? Even though mine was not controlled by someone else, it was because my body belonged to my future husband. Yeah. Yeah. It still didn't belong to me. Yours didn't belong to you. Mine didn't belong to me, but in very different ways. And it, it can destroy your programming and, and your, your subconscious. You don't realize how how to be when you don't know what you are you do not know who Corinne is who Sarah was as a sexual being you don't get that opportunity to have that flower open and to grow you don't I had it forced upon me from a very early age and then as a result of that uh, being done to me I became extremely promiscuous because that was how I got love you know you if you if anybody showed a glimmer of interest in me then I'd sleep with them because that's what you do. If somebody is being nice to you, you sleep with them. That's what you do. I ended up doing things that for years made me cringe afterwards. You know, really horrible situations. And it's only now that, you know, the the more healed version of me can look back and go, oh, give yourself a break, girl. It It was a trauma response. But for years I lived with this, I'm dirty, because that is what I did. and. It's only through years of healing, really, and years of working with people who will help you uncover that shame and help you see the gold which that shame is surrounding because there was never anything to be ashamed of. That is what's helped really helped me heal. And, you know, the the very interesting thing, I'm uh, we were talking just before, weren't we, that uh, I've been embarking on a, a journey of uh, healing called EMDR, mm-hmm. which I've never done before, which has been on my radar for a long time, but I hadn't actually tried. And I thought, right, I, I'm going to try this EMDR. It's eye movement desensitization reprogramming, I think is the last word. And what it does is by moving your eyes swiftly from side to side, you can unlock subconscious programs. Well, I'm a hypnotherapist and I deal with subconscious programs, but through words to get there. My subconscious would not allow me to remember anything with which I could vocalize what was being remembered because I couldn't remember anything my subconscious was like nope you are not going to remember any of that so out of all those years 14 plus years of abuse I cannot remember a single incident where he raped me can't remember any of it which is quite mind-blowing when you think about it so incredible actually yeah yeah it's it's called it's a thing it's called dissociative amnesia and if any of your listeners think yeah that was me that is a real thing dissociative amnesia and it's your subconscious protecting you from the stuff that was going on to your body but as a result what happens is we cut ourselves off Mm -hmm. from the neck down I have lived in my head 
for most of my life. It's only been in the last five years that I've actually started to live in my body and, and connect with my body and feel my body. And with that has come the realization that because of the sexual abuse, I was unable to feel any feelings in intimate situations with my now husband because before that I was acting now nothing and until I did the EMDR which is beginning to uncover these programs and uncover why my body decided it couldn't feel because it wasn't safe to feel, because of the things that were said to me, which I had forgotten by the abuser. Now I'm remembering them, which is an unpleasant process because it's the trauma's trapped in your body and you have to feel those feelings again, and they're horrible. Once they've moved through you, which happens really fast with the MDR, then you then understand why you're doing what you did. And you can think, ah, so he said that for me, it was around shame. He said that, that's why I can't feel this, but now I'm free to start again. So EMDR is giving me my life back, basically, and my 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 sexuality back. It's yeah. something I thought that I would have to live with forever and ever and ever, yeah. being a people pleaser, just pretending. And I've realized now at last, I don't have to. I don't, and, and anybody who's listening, because this is not just me, there are so many women out there, and probably men too, in the world, who feel that, Sex is a performance with which to gratify your partner. And the sooner it's over, the better, because then you can get back on with life again. It doesn't have to be that way. And what you teach is all around finding what you really want sexually. And so, you know, this this whole business of sexual abuse, childhood trauma, and what you advocate, they're very, very connected really really connected and until you dig a little bit deeper you can't see how intertwined they are but they are completely Mm -hmm. yeah so it's so much to unpack isn't it and I would imagine that you have to be prepared like with EMDR I hear it's such a powerful healing mechanism it is but it's like it forces you to revisit your trauma you have to go to the place and create a different story right well uh, briefly you for me it's been a remembering of the event that caused the reaction and then passing through it's you don't stick with it you don't have to talk about it and go on and on no no it it, you have um, to go back yeah what i've understood it is that it you create a different outcome, a different feeling in your body yes, as that's the right. end result. Yes. And yes. so, but you have to face it. And instead of your body staying in this like yes. frozen stuck state in that yes. where you can't cope and, and manage, eventually when you go back there, your body is able to release that. And then, then the story is different in the subconscious. Exactly. You right? unlock the trauma memory. Yeah. Yeah, plug it into normal memory. Yes. Like now I can remember the the very horrible things he said to me, but I'm like, ugh, what a creep. You don't feel <laughs> power of, over you. Exactly. Instead of it being, oh my God, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other all right. you know, It's just like, oh, what a creep. For goodness sake. 
ridiculous. Of course, I would feel that as a child. Right. With that stimulation, of course, I'm going to feel that. Therefore, all of the rest is rubbish. And I can just think about that logically now. But I was trapped in that, I'm a shameful, horrible person, and he's right. And I'm not trapped in that anymore. Well, and especially with sexual trauma, it's something like you're told you have to keep a secret. You're not allowed to tell anyone. And so already it's a shameful thing in our culture. But yeah. then it becomes magnified in its shamefulness because it's used in extremely the wrong way in this case. And so now not only do you need to protect yourself because you're shameful, quote unquote, now you also have to protect your abuser because it's very yes. shameful for them. And then the whole thing gets shrouded in this extra shame and guilt, which applies directly to sex. <laughs> Yes. However, it's nothing to do with sex. Nothing to do with sex, really. No, all no. about power. But it is. we yeah. take it on as a, yeah, it's about power. It's it's nothing to do with sex. Nothing well, to do with it at all. I say something that's very unpopular. Um, and I'd I'd like to to hear your perspective on it. And I I say that, you know, when it comes to sexual abuse, nobody can take something from you that you're not willing to give. They can try, but at the end of the day, you get to claim that power. So like, as you heal, you recognize they think they took something from me and they tried, but like, I'm, I'm not giving them any more of me. I'm not giving them something. And when you take away sort of the stigma of the shame of just sexuality as a whole, you realize that sexuality is no different than any other thing we can enjoy. It's not any more shameful or, or anything like your body is your body. It's, there's nothing shameful about your body. When you can sort of like come to that, it's like someone, someone punching you in the face and violating you in any way. One is not more shameful than the other. It's just as a society, we have applied so much shame to the act of sexuality, to anything having to do with sexuality, that that becomes way worse and more traumatic to anybody experiencing it because of all the shame around it. Mm-hmm. Is that, would you say yeah, that is correct? I, I, w- I would say the, the difficulty, it's easy to say somebody assaulted me and hit me in the face. Right. Very difficult to say my father raped me for 14 years. Right. Obviously, yes. Because there's and much more personal in nature. It is. And again, because of what society places yes. on that. So you, I mean, I have many of the ladies who work with me because I help women heal from this. Yeah. Is They say, well, nobody believed me if I did tell them. Right. They told me I led them on. Even if you were five or six, and what did you do? You know, what did you do to make that happen? So there is, it's like, if you've been assaulted and punched on the nose, nobody's, the first question isn't, well, what did you do to deserve it? Right. It's who the hell did that? Because it's not, it's not connected to desire. (gasps) That's interesting. Okay, so what that's saying is that, implicitly is that we are responsible yes, for other people's right. desire yes we must have done something for them to want to do that to us right. which is so 
excuse the French, fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. So wrong. But that is the general populations as a whole, I would say, view is that, hmm, you know, they must have done something, especially the older you get. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because now you're more attractive. You've got curves. Yeah. If you're a 15 year old, you were, you know, no, the, the, no, the no. responsibility is, responsibility is always with the adult. Well, and I mean, let's, let's just think of a bar fight too. Like, honestly, like you can't, oh, they made me do it. That is not an excuse in court, right? Like you're in control of your own responses and reactions. Why doesn't that hold true for sexuality again? Because it's too shameful to face as the mm-hmm. abuser, as the one being abused. And like, I, this is why it's so important for me to to really deal with like getting rid of shame and guilt in our subconscious about relationships, relationship structures, relationship choices, relationship um, expectations and sexuality Ooh. our own and then within the relationship because it all comes down to connection and safety mm-hmm. safety how we feel in our body how are are we we could have the best partner and you have the best partner right like like I do. that creates <laughs> safety for you on a daily basis but if you don't know how to create your own safety that's only mm-hmm. half of it absolutely absolutely the other bit that I I really want to say is that what is still not really understood Mm. from people who have not been in it is that grooming Mm. is massive. So grooming, when a predator, a sexual predator grooms you, they do not just groom you, they groom your family. Mm -hmm. They groom you and your family and they create the feeling of safety for you and for your family. And then they strike. Mm -hmm. And then many, many times, and this isn't talked about a lot, like the abuse that happened to me, it was done in a quote-unquote loving way Mm -hmm. because he loved me. And it was just, I was so pretty and so lovely. And and I was special. Mm -hmm. I was special. That's why he had to do this. Mm -hmm. And he would make me ask him to. Imagine the head fuck that caused us. So it's all about the power, but the grooming piece, people don't understand that creates the safety. So it you feel right. utterly safe with this person and then they violate you. And then what do you do with that mismatch? Well, it's a mind fuck. <laughs> Completely. Right. Well, okay. This is totally different, but it's, it's really interesting because I don't know if you've seen sort of the viral TikTok going around where, um, parents or siblings whatever bake with a young child and then they they go to crack the egg and instead they crack it on the the child's head and the child freaks out and and everybody laughs and it's just this hilarious thing and i'm like ah so yeah and so what happens is here's this baking situation and let like let's just think of it this way like in any situation a child feels safe they're doing something they enjoy. They trust their parents. They trust this person that takes care of them. Their mental cognitive skills are not one of reasoning yet. It's one of feeling and taking in 
the world and information. So all of a sudden they're they're baking, they're enjoying this beautiful experience that's usually really fun. And all of a sudden they go to crack the egg and the egg gets cracked on them. And it is a complete insult. It does not make any sense. It doesn't compute. There's no reasoning. Oh, this is a joke. No, they're like, this. yeah, this person that I trust just broke my trust. They just did this thing to me that, and now they're laughing at me for having a reaction. it, It is, I don't think parents, anybody is realizing how traumatic this is. And like, that is the nature of trauma. And you take a small child that only understands a certain thing and they feel safe they feel comforted by someone and then they're exposed to something they're taught very quickly th- this cognitive distance you don't know what to do with that because you don't have reasoning skills and so all of a sudden well they must be right that i must my my thinking must be off obviously yes. i've not clued in here like i shouldn't yeah. be crying that you cracked an egg on me oh you're all laughing that i'm supposed to think this is funny but i don't and you learn to shut off your own intuition immediately because it doesn't match up yes yes and that's just from a fucking egg being cracked on your head exactly exactly it's the whole authenticity authenticity connection thing as a child you utterly need connection from your caregivers and you will break your own authenticity every time in order to maintain that connection with your caregivers because Mm. without them you couldn't survive so you have to make them right and you wrong Mm-hmm. And the egg situation, the sexual abuse situation, the being beaten as a child situation, if you'd been a good girl, if you'd been a better girl, if you'd been a better son, and you'd pleased them more, they would not have had to do it. That's it. This is where the whole ah, yeah. thing comes from. It's a safety mechanism, and people don't realize the reason you can't say no to your neighbor when you're pissed off with lending them your newspaper is because of the people pleasing trauma response. Mm-hmm. When if and when you think of it, if one in four girls and one in five boys at least have been sexually abused, how many others have been physically abused, mentally abused, psychologically abused? I would say, you know, it's it's more than half the population have been have have gone through some sort of trauma as children. You know, being a child is bloody difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, without I, the enormousness of the stuff that's happened to some of us. And the thing is, like. Again, it's not your fault. It's also often not your parents' fault. No. Because like everybody's been programmed with faulty information, right? It's like the generations that just teach children, you just follow the rules and you just do yeah. what you're told. Well, that seemed to work because you had a population of people that conformed and did what they were told and they were very able to be controlled you don't realize what the ramifications are on a personal level. And then the parents that are trying to break that, that generational trauma, they're trying to break, you know, Oh, I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. I realized that, you know, that, that my parents were taught that that was how you behave and that was the best thing. And now I don't want to do that to my children. And so you try to be loving and understanding and more gentle parenting where you kind of, can see their heart and and have conversations about things and don't just be like, do as I say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden the generations before are like, this generation are so soft and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, actually there are some because it's like you got 
some parents that just went completely lenient and do whatever you want kind of thing because they didn't they didn't want to be like their parents and they didn't understand how to be sort of in between and then you have the the other parents who are trying to help their child make decisions for themselves you know and i'm ugh, i i just think that there's so much undoing that has to be done and and it's like nobody realized they were putting their children through trauma that's just how it was Children just yeah. obey. Children just do as they're told. Children don't question things. They don't question authority or you have a problem with authority. Well, now we realize that there's a lot of abuse in authority and we've taught a whole generation of people and that's our generation mostly that you're not supposed to question authority and not stand up for yourself because then you're not grateful. Now you're just being like those millennials or those whatever that are entitled and stuff. And it's like, no, there comes a point where I get to I get to recognize what makes me feel safe mm -hmm. and listen to my body and go, mm -hmm. no, my body is telling me something valuable and mm -hmm. I'm worth listening to, even if it doesn't match up with what someone else wants from me. And Absolutely. that is the a hard thing. thing. Yeah, that whole thing about what really is consent and okay. learning. If only consent could be learned in schools, you know, teaching children, teaching us. I mean, we've got the wonderful Lorna Gale who comes in and teaches mm -hmm. my ladies in my group about consent and discovering your authentic yes and your authentic no. Because mm -hmm. really, until I'd met her a few years ago, I had no idea what it actually felt like to give consent mm. because I'd never had the choice. Yeah. And so many of us have never had the choice, even if you weren't sexually abused. You had grandma come up to you and squid your cheek and you might have hated it. And then you got told off because you cried when she squidged your cheek or you were guilted into compliance in that you were told, well, you might not see her again. Come and give her a kiss. And I don't want to give her a kiss, but you've got to give her a kiss. She might die before you see her again. And you are forced to then overrule your feelings exactly what you've been saying in order to appease the people around you that authenticity connection thing so you break your authenticity to stay connected to the caregivers around you because you are reliant on them for your survival so we're talking about it sounds like little things but they have huge implications and you get like the cascade of this little by little by little by little by the time you get to 50 you your ability to recognize what you want and what you don't want has been completely eroded unless you've healed your trauma, yeah. unless you were lucky enough to find somebody who will help you with that because there's still very few people out there who are trauma-informed and who will help you deal with this really deep, fundamental self-stuff, reconnect with yourself. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people that do write off sort of the small traumas that don't seem like traumas, but like you add enough of the little traumas up and it yeah. it ends up eroding away, like you said, your ability to recognize and listen to your body. You know, if, if someone is pinching your cheek or forcing you to hug someone against your, your body, like constricting and mm -hmm. going, I don't feel safe near this person. I don't want that done to me. You start to go, well, I can't listen to that side of me. So that must not be a val uh, be a valid 
sensation that's telling me something. It's just a part of life to feel that tension in my body and to ignore it. I just have to ignore that because I don't get to listen to it. It's not, it's not valuable, but the kids who are taught, you know, that is a valuable thing. And now we get to weigh out that feeling. Like, is it because you're scared or is it because something else happened and now you're associating it with that person? Like we get to investigate and that's part of my course is like becoming aware of things and then aware of how your body responds and then being able to go, oh, here's the awareness. Here's the, what my body's telling me. And then, oh, here's the conditioning that has caused that. Yeah. And once yeah. you can start to do that, we call it the ABCs, right? Um, once you can start doing that, you start to go, oh, this is a recurring feeling in my body. And I continually ignore it because the program tells me that that doesn't matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? The most powerful, I get asked this a lot, what can I do as a grandma or as a mum, as a dad, as a grandfather, what can I do to protect my children from what happened to you happening to them? How can I protect them? Because sexual abuse happens in nice families by somebody that you know. And they will have groomed you, as we mentioned previously, and they will have groomed your child. And the odds are your child is not going to tell you unless you have had sex appropriate conversations with your child since birth yep so teaching your child consent from birth like even if your 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 little baby cannot speak to you but explaining what you're going to do and looking the child in the eyes the baby in the eyes and saying i'm going to change your nappy now i'm going to i'm going to touch you here i'm going to clean you and and like getting that consent from the baby you can get that you can get that, but nobody teaches us that. So you can have conversations about sex because people think, oh, right, the child is now nine, 11, pick a number. We now need to talk about sex. Mm. No, we need to have been doing it from when they were born and to be able to intri- answering the questions that they will naturally ask and giving them their own safety mechanisms so that they know what to do if something happens. They know what to do because you, sex just is just another it. sex is just another thing that our bodies do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, it's like, I have these parts and I know what they are and I know what they're for. And I know what happens to them every once in a while. Flash <laughs> 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 three-year-old boy who has a heart on, you know, yes. yeah, um, yeah. I understand that that happens. And now when I now am hit with like, desire that's attached to that now I go oh okay that's part of that now I still have choices and what to do with those feelings and sensations like I don't have to succumb to that I don't have to I don't have to shame those things and those desires I get to honor them there's no forbidden desires it doesn't always mean it's going to be ethical to play them out yeah. and I talk about, about that a lot all about shame if we could just shine the light thing on the shame. <laughs> Sorry, that's me <laughs> smacking my fist. I'm like, yes. <laughs> if we could shine the light thing on the on the shame. Yeah. If the shame didn't exist, virtually none of these problems would exist. Because if we didn't feel shameful for having had a, 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 an authority figure take, you know, do something to us that we didn't want and then be unable to say, no, I don't want you to do that because just because we didn't say yes 
just because we didn't say no doesn't mean we said yes that's massive then it would everything would begin to be easier but because we're held in these clutches of shame then that's why we were paralyzed Mm -hmm. oh it is yeah it is a tough 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 thing to turn around because we're not only fighting generational societal programming when it comes to shame about sexuality we're fighting a culture as well that uses sexuality to sell <laughs> and to to make things look very attractive and wonderful and yummy and then on the same token making it shameful to do those things or to yes. buy to buy into it for real absolute double we buying can use it to win. buy it yet we can't buy into it mm. This is like very another mind fuck, right? Like it really so much cognitive dissonance. Like what are we to do? And so then we shame ourselves for making bad decisions. Hold up right there. I'm going to release you all right now (laughs) of the shame and guilt that you feel about the quote unquote bad decisions you've made because most of the time you didn't know any better. You cannot ask a Commodore 64 computer to go on the internet and do all the things that we do with our computers today. Why? Because it's not part of that programming. It doesn't know how. It doesn't know how to make those choices. So we cannot hold ourselves to an awareness that we didn't have before we had it. We can always learn to do better, but we can eliminate the shame right now, today, of any choices in the past. There's also something really important to say here is that there is, there's the response, fight or flight. What people don't understand is the freeze. So Mm -hmm. I talk a lot in my programs about the freeze response because what a lot of women will say to me, women who've been raped, women who were like me abused why didn't I sin or why didn't I run away why didn't I do something it was because your body your autonomic nervous system which is nothing to do with your brain your autonomic nervous system put you into shutdown and it knew the only way for you to survive was to turn you numb and dissociate you I I talked about that dissociative amnesia early on that's what happened to me for all those years was that my body couldn't cope with what was going on so I was taken into my head and away out of the place I was and that's what happens to a lot of people when they're in life-threatening situations rape sexual abuse is because you you can't deal with that so you're taken away and you don't have a choice it's not as if you could go hang on no I'm gonna stab this man I'm gonna poke him in the eye I'm gonna do whatever no you couldn't it wasn't an option open to you and that wasn't because you didn't know any better it was because you knew exactly how to survive your body knew exactly how to keep you alive in that situation and then society shames us for not having fought back yeah it is again i'm just gonna say mind fuck because it there's no winning. And that's the thing is like, at the end of the day, it's not about winning or losing. It's about being aware. It's about learning where you were, what you were capable of and not capable of learning that your body was trying to protect you. And that 
until we open the awareness, we're not making decisions based on rationality. We're literally making decisions on the programming. And until you change that programming at a subconscious level, you cannot, you cannot to make other decisions. You can't because most of the things that we do in life are reactive. We react to a triggering of, of a programming that sets off a chain reaction of reactions and emotions and feelings and things. And mm-hmm. either we've learned to shut those down and ignore them, or we've learned that this is supposed to cause this reaction and this is what I'm supposed to do now. And we mm-hmm. don't think about what brought us to that point. Yeah. We don't know. We're not aware most of the time. Oh. And just, you know, just, for people who are listening and they're wondering, well, what do I do then? I'm hearing all of this stuff. What do I do? The the You need to heal your trauma and you don't have to know how to heal. You don't even have to know what that trauma is. You just need to know there's some stuff showing up in your life that isn't really serving you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to know. And then reach out to the person that makes you feel the safest and that resonates with you, not from that head point of view, but from your heart. Feel it, you know, does Corinne make you feel really safe? Do I make you, you know, does it resonate what I'm saying to you? Do you feel that, yeah, you want to find out a bit more? And don't override that. Find mm-hmm. out a bit more. You know, anybody who is uh anybody who is a really trauma-informed therapist and somebody who is really got your best interests at heart will be quite happy to have a chat with you before they take any money off you Mm -hmm. and they should be able to say to you I don't think I can help you or I know somebody who can help you better than I can Mm -hmm. so don't think you can't rewrite these uh, these responses that you're having it's all about neural programming and you can rewire your neural programming we've got plastic brains they're not they're not solid we, we know that now we've got neuroplasticity whereby you can create new pathways in your brain which will overwrite the old pathways that were there giving you the trauma response and honestly I am a absolute testimony to this I have got the most loving wonderful relationship with my hubby I'm healing stuff that I didn't know I could ever heal and if I hadn't faced up to the fact that there was stuff in my life I really didn't like and I couldn't just keep pretending everything was all right I wouldn't be where I am now and I would I want that for everybody I really want that for every person in the world to go okay this is like 98% all right or 49% all right but I want it to be so much better because you can have that you just gotta be brave you've got to have the courage to heal And it's not going to feel comfortable all the time. Oh, and you're going to come into it and then you're going to have a high, then you're going to have a massive low, and then you're going to come up again and then you're going to go down and it'll be a rocky journey till you get to the the end. But my goodness, when you get to the end, it's magnificent. Halfway through, it's magnificent because even though it's up and down, the trajectory is gently upwards and you can be a person who is living your life, not an observer of it. For years, I felt like I was kind of, on the outside of my life looking in couldn't ever really feel properly it felt like I didn't dare be really happy or really sad because it was all going to end anyway what was the point so that realization oh my god you know I'm I'm just living a half-life and I felt for years I'd lived a half-life now having done the somatic work done the deep healing work felt into my body reconnected with my body and and like got rid of a lot of this shame I can feel me I can feel 
how it feels to be Sarah in this world. And I like her a lot. <laughs> and I've known you for a couple of years now, and I've even seen the growth just in, yeah. in the lightness in your body. And you were, you had done a lot of healing when I met you. Yeah. You really yeah. had. And you were at the point you did love who you were, but you weren't at the complete internally feeling things yet. And I remember oh. when this had happened and I remember you were like, <gasps> I feel like a child. I'm like yeah, that's right. enjoying things and you were like giddy or whatever. But you also said at the same time, you were experiencing these major lows that you hadn't experienced yet, you know? And I, I remember when that happened for me too, like when I left my, my religion and I like stepped away from all the programming that I had and I had to rebuild my worldview from the ground up, you know, and I got to like deal with the cognitive dissonance of this not adding up and then make a decision and put that brick in there and then build, you know, and, and another decision that I got to make a choice and, and put that in there. And I got to start to build who I am. And it's been a really like, you know, over a 10 year process and I'm still growing Mm -hmm. and I didn't have any like major traumas, like what you're talking about. I really didn't, but there was a lot of little ones because my parents didn't know better and they had major traumas in their lives, right? Like they did the best that they could with the information that they had. But at the same time, I didn't learn a lot of things. I was told how to live, how to think, what to do, what to say. And if I didn't, there was shame involved, not because they meant to do that, but because that's what the Bible said, or that's what this said, or that's what, you know, the higher authorities said. And of course you trust them over yourself always, because I was taught I'm nothing without Christ. So who am I to trust myself? I don't know what's right for me. I don't know what's good for me. So when you come from that background, you're like, uh, what I get to make decisions for myself. How do I do that? I need someone telling me what to do. I don't, I don't know how this looks. I don't know what to do with this you know? Mm -hmm. So anyways, all that to say that this, this process of unbecoming and unprogramming that learning what you knew and then the unlearning of it. And then the relearning all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is Mm -hmm. who I am. And Ooh, I have big feelings and I have capacity for big feelings. And those have been turned off for so long because I've just been in my head for most of my life as well, right? Because I had to shut off my human desire, my my sexual desire, because masturbation was wrong and I wasn't married yet, you know? And I, I would fail at that and then I just have to shut back down again, right? So there's just a lot of things mm-hmm. and it it shows up in all different ways. And so we get to relearn, but we also need to learn that, those emotions that are going to come are big and powerful and they're amazing, but they're also super scary. And then you're like, why am I crying all the time? Or why am I this? Or why am I? Well, you need to be the community, Karen. This is it. You oh need yeah. Supportive community, whether that be, you know, a group of you who have been through similar circumstances or you, you need your girlfriends, your boyfriend, you, you need a community around you, especially women. We need that place to mm-hmm. be how we are and to have that shared experience. Yeah. Makes yeah. it all a lot easier. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful place to end and we're out of time, which is really Lovely. sad. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Corinne, for oh. having me out of chatting as ever. 
<laughs> yeah, you're so welcome. Before we go, is there anything that you want to share? Any links or anything that you want to tell people how to find you? And I'll put these links in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. So I have a group for the the place you can stick your toe in and mm-hmm. find out a little bit more about me is the Find Your Voice group. It's for women worn out from constantly prioritizing others and that group is a membership group where it's very private and we can come and you can come and listen to my words of wisdom you can come and quiz me twice a month find out any answers to any of your questions around people pleasing boundaries and we do laser coaching in there as well and um, post every day and um, encouraging you to look after yourself and begin to love yourself. So that's the best place to get me. You can get me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Sarah Grace. Uh, and if you are interested in my program, Living Limitlessly, that's for survivors of childhood sexual abuse, then uh, that's for ladies only. And uh, you can you can ask me about that too. I've got a website, www.livinglimitlessly.co.uk. Well, thank you so much. And again, I will put those links in the show notes so you can send those to me and I will get them. Will do. Show notes. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for your candidness and -hmm. your vulnerability and your authenticity because you know I'm all about authenticity. And without authenticity, we can't grow. Without Mm -hmm. vulnerability, we can't find our authenticity. And vulnerability is very scary. So we have to create our own safety so that we can learn to be authentic and uh, life changes when you find your authenticity. So certainly does highly recommend it. Rocky <laughs> journey, but well worth it. Yes. Thank you. Karen. Much love to all of your listeners. All Bye. right. Thank Bye, you. Love Bye. you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and just could see why this conversation is so important to have just the impact of fucking shame and guilt on our lives. It just can destroy so many things. And so both of us are so committed to getting rid of shame and guilt in our lives, in your life, helping you overcome, become aware and aware of your body and learn to listen to your body and recognize what the conditioning has been that really keeps you stuck in a loop where you don't have your freedom. We want freedom for you. We want you to break free from conformity. We want you to break free from people pleasing and just feel empowered in your lives, in your relationships with others, relationship with yourself first and foremost, so that you can have empowerment in your sexuality, in your sexual well-being, in your sexual relationships with others and again your sexual relationship with yourself because that's all important let's get rid of shame and guilt around all of this and start living there is light at the end of the tunnel as you can see or hear in sarah's voice she just she is not trapped by her past She is living and she has so much joy and energy in her life. You guys, I know her personally. I've watched her. If you could see her face light up, she's just a ray of sunshine. And, you know, that didn't happen on its own. She did some work. She really decided to step in and not just listen to what everybody else 
thought she needed. She listened to what she needed. And so it's time to step up to take care of you, to listen to that nagging voice in the back of your head that's saying, there's more to life than this. I want freedom, but I'm scared because I've always been told what to do, or I don't want to break the rules, or I don't want to let someone else down. It's not about that. Freedom comes when you can be authentic, when you can love who you are, and when you know what it is that you want and who you are. Please reach out and find out how one of our courses can help you. Maybe mine is the start to really get you to be more aware of things. And then hers will take you on that further journey once you're ready. Could be the other way around. Could be that just one course is is what you need. But please don't be afraid to reach out, book a discovery call, and have a chat with us to find out if this is something that can help you. We want the best for you. Please don't stay stuck. It's time for you to break free. Remember, as I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Let's kick that shame and guilt to the curb and just start living. Love you so much. I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity... Authenticity is the key. Have a great week.